Welcome to I Love My Club By with me, your host, Seamus Barry, the podcast that gives you the insight into our local games of hurling and camogie. Join us as we take a look at some of the characters around the county on I Love My Club By. Welcome to episode six of I Love My Club By, the podcast that brings you closer to our local heroes in our game of camogie and hurling. On episode six, I'm delighted to say I have Morris Shanahan. Morris was a, an all-star in 2015 with Waterford. He's been probably the best player, club player in Waterford in the last 10 years in terms of a forward. His scoring starts are off the chart, um, especially with Liz Moore and being back up senior. I seen him firsthand last year. And Morris has been a, a pivotal part of Liz Moore returning to the Premier grade in Waterford. Morris, welcome to the show. Cheers, Seamus. Thanks for having me back. You're more than welcome. I suppose we'll start off, Morris. Everyone knows you as Dan's brother, first of all, when you came onto the scene. Was was that a tough one to try to live up to? It wasn't really for myself, Seamus. No, I suppose a lot of people would have said it, like the reporters and all that, would have always kind of said, and Dan's brother, this, Dan's brother, that. But at the end of the day, Seamus, I'm Morris, Dan is Dan, and that's the one bit of advice Dan always said to me. He said, you're your own person. And he said, you might be um, compared to me at times, but we're different people. And just try to do your own thing and drive on yourself. Like, try to make your own name out there. And I think I've done that, Shane, to be honest. I, I would definitely certainly say you've done that. That's a great piece of advice because I have an older brother as well and uh, he's an inter-county referee. And, you know, people will be always saying, how's he getting on and stuff like that. And there is, I suppose, everyone will compare and contrast. You see with Tommy Welch and Pawdy Welch and, and even Shane as well in Kilkenny. But um, that's a great way of looking at it. I think, speaking personally anyway, I've played against you. I've seen you firsthand with Liz Moore. I've seen you play for Waterford. You definitely you created your own legacy. There's no doubt about that over a 10-year period. I think you actually started with my own clubmate, Noel Connors, if I'm correct. Yeah, the two of us would have started together, same as we would have started even underage hurling together we're the same age, you know, so we played all the way up myself and Noli and <coughs> we gave it 10 good years together. We and won he had Munster. You were, Munster yeah, you were just about to say you won Munster and League and you went close, you know, you were in Crow Park on big days as well. What's it like playing yeah, in Crow Park? Like, sorry? What's it like playing in Crow Park? Ah, it's unreal. It's unreal, Seamus, you know, the minute you the minute you run out that tunnel, it's just mind-blowing, to be honest, that's the fact that you have to put that out of your head straight away because you're there to do a job for, for water and do your best for water all the time you put on that jersey. And unfortunately, we didn't get to, we didn't win in All-Ireland, but I suppose 17 was our, our best chance of doing that. And we just came up with just shot on the day and small things didn't go right for us. But I've no really regret, to be honest, with you playing with water because like I said, we won a league, we won a monster. And their days, days now you look back on with great memories, the great things you made on and off the pitch. That's all it's about. Really. It is, and I think it's something we've been highlighting here on the show is, I suppose, the role that the GEA plays in your community and within your county. You know, It gives so much joy to people, uh, even that don't play anymore or are just fans of the game. You know, The whole experience, like you said, getting up the day of a monster match like going to Tarlis for a monster match is just something special isn't it yes yeah, it's 100% it's of course you'd rather do it well I'd rather do it as a player than a supporter but <laughs> it's kind of different I, I, as a player you know because you'll have them you'll have them butterflies in you 
from the minute you wake up in the morning. But they are good if you didn't have them. There'd be no point going really, to be honest with you. But no, you, like that, you wake up in the morning and the months again, are looking forward to it. The butterflies are in the stomach straight away and you meet the lads in Clamwell Park and you drive on them to um, the horse and jockey. And from there, it's nearly game time. You're getting your game face on. You're, you're going through your tactics. To, Derek mostly, that's the most manager I had really with Derek for five or six years and we had the same routine the whole time and get the guard escort into toilets but there's nothing better going up, up through the square and toilet saying it says the water finds out that. I can, I can only imagine. The, the one thing I was going to say is obviously you used to take the freeze for Waterford. Would you have been, like I remember the story about Richie Foley went over on his ankle taking freeze for Waterford. <laughs> a famous story. But would you have been one like to be up in the field the day before or the morning of a hitting freeze or did you know that you had enough done? No, yeah. I'd be, um, I wouldn't be a fellow to be up there the day before. No, I was kind of, I had a kind of a thing that I wouldn't touch the hurley the day before a match. That kind of yoke, to be honest with you, because the day you wake up, the match day, I want to touch it enough times. That's the way I looked at it. But, um, no, you do your training Tuesday, Thursday, or maybe Tuesday, Friday, and you just get to practice in there. And if it was Tuesday, Thursday, and we weren't playing on the Sunday, you go up to the local pitch maybe on a Friday evening. The boys would have been training, any of club training, and my, I might hit 10 or 12 threes, and that, that be it. And if they go over, they go over, and if they don't, I don't stay up there until they go over, like just get 12 balls, go and hit them, and it kind of worked for me. but. I suppose in 15, I suppose I, I was hitting the freeze unfortunately because Paul had broke his leg. And to this day, that man, what that fellow's doing for Walker Highland still is unbelievable. And he's an unbelievable free taker. Probably the best I've ever seen. What he's done for Bally Gunner as well. I was, I was at the All Ireland um, club final um, and I actually spoke to Paulie just after. Um, he gave me an interview on pitch side. and I think he's really transformed his game and I think that's why he's back in with Waterford because people would have, I suppose, said Pawdy previously wouldn't have been your traditional centre forward. He would maybe stand off and pick up loose play. But in the last 12 months since he's returned back and like you said, broken leg, knee injuries, hand injuries, he's had it all and to keep coming back and even Toig is the same with the cruciate. But Pawdy has really transformed his game. He's after getting a little bit more physical again. He has that experience and as you said, if Stephen isn't hitting him well or Ozzy isn't, there's another option there. And Pawdy is probably, like you said, I'd say he's the best free taker in Waterford anyway. Yeah, 100%. You know, like, I suppose down through the years, Pawdy, people would have kind of said, um, Pawdy is kind of a loose hurler or a free taker or that, but my God, I wouldn't agree with that one bit. I think Pawdy, man, he's nearly one of the best hurlers I ever played with, to be honest with you. His, his intelligence, he, I remember he switched yeah, the ball. Yeah, his intelligence there. Yeah. He's, he's he worked switched. great off the ball. The first thing he thinks about is winning the tackle, not putting the ball over the back. You know, it's always about winning the tackle and that's getting himself into the game and that kind of stuff. And I suppose at the moment, Walker are blessed with Stephen being at the form he's in 100%. And hopefully Stephen can keep that going because at the moment, he's nearly the best hurler in Ireland at the moment. And but the one thing we all know, your form can dip, but hopefully for, for us and hopefully for Walker, it won't this year. And, but if it does, there's always backup there like Austin. Like you said, Austin, Barry Manley, 
them lads on any given day once the team wins I suppose they are happy that's it and like without getting carried away right because I suppose there's two ways to look at it with Waterford winning the league last week um the players' reaction for me, that's that was really important. The players didn't celebrate. And it's not to say that the league didn't mean it, but years gone by in Waterford. I remember we won the league in 2007. Um, like It was like winning All-Ireland Final because we weren't uh, used to winning in a sense. But when the lads won the league last week, their demeanour straight away kind of showing there's bigger things down the line. 100%. I'm not going to say here that um, Waterford want to win the All-Ireland game. It's like they're enough pressure on them boys and they don't need that, you know, but they're, they're trusting, I suppose, the process they're in at the moment. They're trusting the management and what they're trying to do. And it's like the league was the league. That's over now. It's the Munster Championship, Tipperary Sunday. And on form, Walker are flying, Seamus, to be honest with you. But we all know form can change and hopefully it doesn't. But at the moment, Walker had the team up there, I still think. Limerick are the team to be to win the All-Ireland but by God Walker has some chances they can keep their main players fit and get everyone back because like you look what the last Saturday two weeks ago now I think brother yeah that the players are missing Jamie Barron Austin Gleeson Peter Hogan more Peter Hogan Harley Manny Colin Dunford's injured them players like if you bring any of them players and look at the players on the bench as well. You had Kieran yeah. Binnis, Stephen Binnis. My God, like, I looked yeah. at the sub bench there for this Sunday. The team was announced last night. It's frightening what's on the bench, to be honest. It, it is, and it's it's so exciting. I was in a WhatsApp group, and a friend of mine put the team programme in last night, and he said, Jesus, look at that bench. Yeah, that's it, like, 100%. And the boys that are starting, the 15 that are starting, deserve to be starting the same because it's the same team that won the league final, of course. And put the boys on the bench. You're Austin Leeson, you're Jamie Van, you're two minutes. Early Daly. Peter Hawken, Early Daly, my own club mate, come back from injury. You know, it's, it's absolutely frightening. But the one thing we all know down through the years, the last few years, anyhow, the boys didn't have really full panels for the whole year. So hopefully they can keep everyone fit and play on. Fingers crossed. How how impressive have you been, or impressed, I should say, by Carlock uh, Daly, the younger of the Dailies from your own club? Yeah, look, Carlock Donny. Or Carlock, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. Carlock Donny and both 20, isn't he? Like yeah. he? He was underage for the under 20, which wins the night. So, and he didn't play, so we probably all kind of knew he'd be on the team and deserves to be on the team, Seamus. But at the end of the day, we have to remember Carl is only 20 years of age. He's learning his trade and he's learning it fairly fast now. This fellow is because he's a very good hurler and he's very committed, like his brother Ella. So I wouldn't have any worries about him. He's absolutely brilliant. I've seen him. We, I trained, he trained with the senior team. We had him the whole last year. And by God, this fellow can be something special. I know that for a fact, but like, again, I'm not going to put that pressure on him. Seamus, it's up. He, he needs to put in the work, and that's what he's doing. And when, he's, when he's working hard, he's getting the rewards. It's great for our club in Lismore. We have three on the panel. Jack Pender as well. So it's great yeah. for all the young fellas, the underage hurlers in Lismore to be looking up to them. You know, like Jack Pender, the work rate Jack Pender brings to this walk of team is unbelievable. 
yeah, Jack has just been outstanding in the league is form. And I would say probably not even that it was a, a negative sense, but I suppose you would look at his return over the last year or two. You know, you might have said he was a bit light, but by God, this league season, he's he's he has an eye for goal now as well. And like you said, his work rate, he's a very kind of similar player to Peter Hogan. The two of them do so much work off the ball. And I think that's one of the key parts of Waterford this year. Like if you have Jamie Barron in the team, you know, uh, Daryl Lyons comes on, brings the same energy. If you have Shane Bennett coming on, he can replace the player if Peter Hogan's coming on for Jack Prender. So it's not just, say, years ago, right, we're going to put in this fella, uh, but it's actually like for like, and you can nearly have a t- two teams in a sense. No, 100%. And you have your workers and you have your, your scorers and everyone's kind of given their jobs, I suppose. But um, the one thing about Jack, I suppose, down through the year, his work life has never questioned so often. He, he always gave 110%. But he hadn't been scores now, which he's well capable of and delighted to see because he's had one or two points, maybe a goal to it. He's winning threes. He's very important to this water team, if I'm being honest with you. And hopefully, hopefully they can go play. Go the, go the whole way. We will see in time. Will you go to the match Sunday, Mars? Yeah, I came out in the draw. I came out in the draw and um, <laughs> wins the night, so I'm happy enough. Is there any politics in that now that you came out in the draw? I don't know that now, but I, <laughs> I, I, I won't be saying too much, to be honest. <laughs> Actually, an, in, an interesting one, Tipperary returned a lot of tickets. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that during the week, to be honest, and surprising enough because it's a massive game. It's a massive, massive game because, to be honest with you, I think... I think water and tip whoever loses might struggle a small bit. I don't think I don't think it's a game water can lose, if I'm being totally honest. And I don't like putting that pressure on the boys because I'm being I've been there and I don't like it being safe. Mm. But um it's like your home games in this Munster Championship. Your home games are very important to win and hopefully we can get off this good start Sunday. Then we have been like the following Saturday night. You can kind of go there with a bit of freedom and see where the road takes you. I, I, I agree with you there. And I actually think from Tipperary's point of view, I think this is a game that they've nothing to lose. You know, if I take off my Waterford cap for a second, like, you know, without putting pressure or building expectation, Waterford's red-hot favourites going in this Sunday. And that's understandable because the league and the form that they're in. But for Tipperary, I think it's maybe a chance for Colin Bonner to set out his side and say, have a crack at it, lads. If it doesn't go our way, we still have our home games and we can try to pick ourselves up because like everyone is tipping Wadford, Limerick and Cork is the kind of the majority that everyone is saying will go through. Now, Claire have a couple of players coming back. You know, Peter's back, Shane O'Donnell's back. Um, there's a yeah, few others coming back. Into that tree, no. Yeah, you know, like that's, that's, not, um, that's not a team that would just be pushed aside. And obviously, Tony Kelly is Tony Kelly. He's an enigma. Um, he, he's just special. But like, I think people are forgetting that, yeah, Cork had a good league as well. Limerick or Limerick, regardless of what the league format was. But Tipperary never are a pushover in Munster Championship either. Oh, 100%. And I know for a fact the Water boys will know that. They're not taking this game for granted. And this is like, in my eyes, this game is 50 50, to be honest with you. Tipper are going to come to us back on Sunday and they are going to try a match Water. Or the tackle rate, everything. 
Like they went down there in the league a few weeks ago, I think they lost by 10, 12 points, I think. So this Tipperary team, the players they had, Jason Ford, Owen and Ahar, Dan McCormick, and tell us, it's going to be, it's going to be cagey. I tell you that, well, Sparks is going to be cagey on Sunday, 50-50. If Walter can keep the form going, the way they're going, and keep playing the way they're playing, I think we'll win. Yeah. But saying that, I think Tipperary are going to come with an almighty challenge on Sunday, and hopefully we can come out what one point will do. To be honest, the point will win. And it's it's a strange one because while we've been doing while I've been doing the podcast, we're kind of we're coming to the start of the league, but now we actually have a chance to look at games and stuff. Will you watch the Galway Wexford game later on? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it later. To be honest, any hurling game that's on the TV for the summer, I'll be watching. <laughs> So, who do you fancy there between Wexford? My actually, my brother's doing linesman today for that one. Is he? Yeah, he's, Tyler's uh, reffing it, is he? Tyler's reffing it. Yeah, we were actually yeah. we were up in Turles the other night as well. We done Tip and Clare in the the minor, and um, Tip oh. Tip had a good win. Uh, Fergal yeah, Horn's yeah. son was actually playing on goal, and um, the referee. Jesus. So I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, who who do you reckon today now, Wexford or Galway? I think Galway. Down in Wexford. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Henry factor will come into play, and I think Galway. I think Galway just with the league, with circumstances, with the chefs and family, as well. I suppose um, it was a hard few weeks for them, but I think I think Galway are going to come out with all guns blazing. But but like that, long extra pass. You know yourself. Anytime we went down to Wexford Park, we found a high down there. So it's a different place. The Wexford crowd are going to be out in the big numbers. So I think I think Galway will come out, and I I think I think Galway could be there or thereabouts in this year's championship too. It's I think given Limerick's dominance the last number of years, I think now um, I think we've the chasing pack has kind of reeled them in and. I think it's a really exciting championship. I know every year we get excited for the championship, but this one, like you're going through it, again, Cork and Limerick's very hard to call tomorrow. Waterford tip, very hard to call. Galway, Wexford. You're saying Galway, but again, it's in Wexford Park and that crowd, you know. And then, like, weeks to go then, you're going to have Kilkenny, Dublin. You know, you're going to have Clare tip, Waterford, Limerick. Like, these are just 50-50. They're brilliant for a neutral point of view. Oh, unbelievable. Like, to to watch... um... Richard and um, Galway this evening and then to go to Wales fast tomorrow and watch the boys and then then to tune in somewhere to watch um, Park and um, Park and Limerick like it's, it's like people be on about Super Sunday there in the Premiership but we have Super Sunday in the GA now thank God back again and um, Park and Limerick tomorrow is going to be it's going to be unreal I, I think I think we're going to see a big big performance of Limerick yeah you would expect that you would expect John Coyley demands certain standards. Um, you know, league, league is league. I know Watford won it, but regardless, it is all about championship. And I think in the last number of years, I remember Tipperary through the kitchen sink at Limerick last year, and Limerick just came out in that 11 minute period when Coyle uh, Hayes got that goal and it just blew Tipperary apart. Oh, that's it. Like, it's I was just kind of watching something this morning, and it was actually showing Lee and Sheedy when the tip boys are running in a half time. And he was like the man obsessed, you know. But Limerick came out in the second half and they turned it around. And 
I think they're going to see a massive, massive performance tomorrow. I think Glimmers will win. I think Glimmers will put down the master again and say, the league was the league, this is championship. And don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you see a few changes in this Glimmers team. We've seen the team. I've seen the team last night, but I wouldn't be surprised if one or two comes in off the bench. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Hayes is back up in the forest. Interesting. And I suppose looking at Watford as well then, I suppose it's it's a thing in the GEA. You see one team do it, another team does it. But um, what do you make of Jack Fagan at wing back for Waterford? Yes, to be honest, it was kind of surprising when he went back there to start the year because he's a he's a decent forward and he's a ball winning forward as well. Like, but um, Jesus, he's actually he's flying back there, isn't he, at the moment? And he's not he's not doing nothing wrong back there. He's absolutely. It's like he played there all his life to be honest with you and it's um it's good for Jack it gives him a lot of confidence to say going back to bring back and playing the way he's playing and delighted for him because I suppose the lad came from me and he had to work hard at it and he's getting his rewards. Would you would you fancy playing against Waterford's half back line? Daly, Burka and Fagan. Yeah I suppose no you wouldn't 100 percent, you wouldn't. And I suppose Daly switched with uh, Callum Lines in the league final. Lines was in back, and Daly was midfield. Probably see that tomorrow, tomorrow as well. I suppose. Well, um, saying that Callum Lines come back from injury is massive as well. The amount what he brings to this team, like he he chips in with two or three points a game from wing back. You know, like your half back line tomorrow could chip in with five or six points in play, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's crazy the way the, the game has changed. It's actually crazy the way it is because Jack, it was a forward all his life. Callum chipped in with two or three points and tied the work. And tied the work. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 it's exciting. Uh, Tyg is just, he's, he's unbelievable. Uh, it's unreal what he's after coming back from. Everyone's saying it's like too crucial, but the man has just worked so hard and Unbelievable and delighted for him and delighted for his family because they're, they're proper hurling people and it's great, it's great for Walker that Tiger Burke is back. Speaking, speaking on that, um, about Tiger's cruciates, I actually done my ACL, MCL, and PCL all in the one go, and yeah, it fi- it finished me. That was the end of it. Um, I tried to come back and, and play and help out with the, the junior team and stuff like that, but I just I'm not able to, um, and I, I'm probably going to help out with the, the junior C team this year, but. Did you ever have any any big injuries, Mars? No, not really. I would have broke, I would have broke a lot of bones in my hands, my hands, and I broke my ankle. But now I had cruciate or um, anything like that to touch wood. Yeah. Did you did you break bones in your hand, or was it opposition fellas broke bones in your hand? It would have been opposition. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been opposition. I remember playing. We were playing. Um, Walker played Cockle in uh, class more and then I was challenged game. I, I don't know was a three point for class more or whatever, but I remember I broke my thumb and it was only two weeks out from club championship. And I, I missed the, the two club games. And then I went back. Five weeks later I went back and I broke I broke my finger straight away and I was out for another five or six weeks. So it's a bit of a disaster, but I didn't think it happened in sports. 
like if you break your thumb, you can still run. If you break your ankle or anything like that, you can't. But unfortunately, the boys like ties in the Athena last year. My own club made a party in that. Yeah. He's only screwed for playing it. Club league game. And she was a massive, massive loss for us in the club. And the amount of work that I've seen that man put in to get back and he's nearly back. Thank God for us. He's nearly back, but the work, the work that goes into getting back is absolutely crazy. It's becoming a bit too common as well, unfortunately. It is, yeah. It is, and we don't know the main reason behind that is what it is or not. Really sure. As a scary at times, like, you could go in the morning and do it. That's the thing. Yeah, and I suppose it's always the worst, like with Tiges one, I suppose. Um, it's always when, usually when someone's not putting too much pressure on you, you just go to turn and it gives way. And that's usually the worst sign is when someone gets injured without brute force. No, that's it, like, that's it. Like, Ty done it, just turning up and go past and Paddy done it, there's no one around and when he done it either, up in this morning. You know, the same day, Tim, Tim O'Sullivan done his, there's two coaches done in the same game. Jesus. Up in the field, you know, and you knew, you knew with Paddy's one he was kind of in trouble because it didn't look good. But Tim, Tim's one didn't look too bad, and we were all hoping either you don't to see any player miss out in the year of hurling or doing their coaching. And I, I suppose looking then at your own club, Tony, uh, yeah, yeah, you're playing the, the league at the moment, so yeah, we're playing the league. Yeah, firstly, yeah. we were down to play Mount Shine two weeks ago and um, there was um, a day in the club so unfortunately that game was called off and I my respect for all the dailies who would have been earlier called or something that passed away so he was a great club man Gabe Daly and unfortunately um, the game was called off in them circumstances and um, we we're down to play one more Friday night and um, the, we have a lot of injuries in the club and Lads gone on holidays and that, so unfortunately we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't get fifteen bodies to go down and but that's just the way it is. It's, it's at the moment trying to keep it going because you're not playing till August. It's it's a strange one because we were the same last year and, and the year before, obviously with the, the new structure of the championship. And uh, you're just, you're just kind of you're nearly doing two pre-seasons in a sense because you do your first one for the league coming up and then inter-county scene takes over and you're still trying to tick over yourself, your gym sessions, and then you probably get an eight to 11-week pre-season run again at the season. No, that, that's it. Like, and, like, the clubs have to keep it going, to be honest. Like, players have to keep tipping over. And, but uh, like that, like two, two sessions a week up in the field is plenty and... Like lads, lads live in gyms at the moment, you know. That's the way the sport has gone. And I suppose even club club players now are in great shape. And that's just the way it is. Everybody looks after themselves to play, play their clubs or inter-county hurling. And it's great. It's great going back up to the field. I love going up to the field, up to the boys and getting out of the house. And it's, it's just great for everything, to be honest. And on, on that point... Uh, talking about getting up to the field and having crack with the lads. It's a release for people as well, isn't it? No, 100%. 100% it's a re- release. Eh? When you go up to, up to the field there on a Tuesday and 
Tuesday and Friday evening. It's just you're just in the in the hurling field for an hour, an hour and a half, and every worry's gone out of your head. You're just there to train hard and meet the boys and have the crack with the boys. And it's just I, I love it to be honest with you. I, I love going to the field. If I could, I probably I'd be in the field every night of the week up in the Lismore pitch if I could and I just love being up there. It's just that's that's just me though. I just love watching the under tens or under elevens just training or playing a match and I just love being up in the up in the Harlem Club. And it's something that we we've talked about a lot on, on this podcast and even when I was on today FM it was highlighted as well. Um you in the last number of years you've been very vocal about your struggles and when I say struggles I mean that with the, the greatest respect because I, I'm in a similar position myself I've suffered from depression for many years um, and hopefully not hopefully I'm on the other side of it now to you know touch wood and it's something yeah, yeah. to deal with every day but can you take me back to when when things started I suppose to, to change for you Morris with your mental health yeah I suppose in a, it was in around 2014 I had um, I would have had a lot of um, I had a problem with my hips and that, and I suppose <coughs> I was just suppose um, I was out injured a lot. If it was my hand, maybe my hamstrings or my hips or my ankle, I was having trouble everywhere. To be honest with you, and I wouldn't say that was all the reason, but do you know when you're kind of I suppose in 2014, I suppose I was on the water panel nearly for four or five years then and I wasn't kind of breaking through the way people thought I'd be breaking through to be honest with you and there was a lot of pressure on kind of I felt that there were, people weren't putting pressure on me by no means but I felt like that I wasn't getting the best out of myself and it wasn't because of a lack of trying because I was doing everything it was just I had a lot of injuries and that kind of stuff and I suppose People are saying, like, is he ever going to kind of break through into the Watford team? And he, is he ever going to put his stamp in it? Because I underage level, club level, and that, and that um, senior level, I was scoring high, I was scoring high, and people are saying, Jesus, Dan's brother's coming through. He's definitely one to look out for. And that kind of stuff, it, it plays on your mind a bit, to be honest with you, if, if you're not delivering. And unfortunately, I wasn't at the time. And, I was always kind of seemed to go back to my club and always played well with my club and I just couldn't get that kind of form going with Warford. And then you're kind of doubting, are you good enough to play with Warford? But I knew deep down I was. And uh, everyone just kind of got on top of me. Personal things got, got on top of me. And um, I suppose in 2014, I suppose, um, everyone kind of knows now to this day that um, I tried to commit suicide, I suppose. And... Um, but thankfully, thankfully, I'm here to tell the tale and just um, <coughs> thankfully, I'm just here to tell the tale and I'm here because of my club mates and my, my family more than anything. They've done everything for me and it was very hard on my family at the time to see me in that place and uh, they they done everything for me. My club done everything for me and, and Derek and the Waffle boys done everything for me and it's just, um, it's not an easy thing. Depression isn't an easy thing. Everyone knows that. And <clears throat> all you can say is it's good to talk. It's good to get off your chest. And if it's a friend, if it's a family member, if it's a counsellor, whatever it is, <coughs> just go and talk to someone and 
the minute you start talking, it's kind of it helps. It helps a bit, anyway. It's it's a very um it's a very personal thing to talk about, and I I gave a talk um start the lockdown in my own company that I work for, and I talk about mental health, and I suppose when I was suicidal and the struggles that I had. And that's the one thing I would say, and I actually referenced you with your clubmate Shawnee uh, a while back. Shawnee Barry's a good friend. Yeah, of yeah, I listened to her actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was referencing it. What What is great for me, Morris, with you is the fact that you do have a, a profile, and with a profile comes responsibility and so on. But what you've done since you've publicly spoken about your troubles is you're giving so much inspiration to a younger generation and also to an older generation, typically men, you know, not just men, there's women as well, but typically men in the GA have a tendency not to talk. And I think by you highlighting it, being a high-profile player, um, like you're an all-star, like, you know, in, in terms of the Waterford Club Championship, the last 10 years, without doubt, you're the best forward. So when youngsters see you talking, you know, you can really hold your head up high because you're having a massive effect on these younger generations. No, definitely, and I suppose when I came out, it was the it was the Friday night of the All Star Awards. I think RTE asked me for an interview, and I didn't think it'd be as big to be honest with you when I when I came out and said it. I didn't think it'd be. It was all over the papers the following morning and that, and I suppose the the coverage it got and it was unbelievable, and um, it definitely one hundred percent helped a lot of people. I know for a fact it it started helping it. A lot of kids and a lot of older people, male and female, to be honest with you, and that's that's great because I suppose sometimes you might get a phone call saying, "Oh, this child is feeling depressed and suffering a small bit." And if I can, if I can help in any way, I'm not a counselor or anything like that, and never will be, to be honest. But if you can just give a small bit of a voice and try and get this kid to open up to their parents or to anyone and trying to get them over that that small little bump in the road because it's like anything same it's like unfortunately in this world people are passing away from cancer and everything and other kind of illnesses and that's like depression is, is it's no different like it's no different to any like just because me and you we suffer from depression we're no different to the person down the road with no worries and he's like you know we're the same and that's the one thing I say like people think the the person that are, is depressed is is different to the person that's not 100% that's not true like. and that's it like I suppose me and you have an insight into it but anyone a great thing that some, a counsellor said to me once is regardless of who a person is whether they're starting off in life if they're a celebrity if they're rich if they're poor based on their ethnic background everyone goes through depression at sometimes and it's more severe sometimes you can have a chemical imbalance with some people but for example if you go through a breakup if you don't get a job that you wanted if you i don't know you didn't get a raise or like there's a form of depression that hits everyone it's just unfortunately with some people there's more of a natural tendency with a chemical imbalance for other people to suffer and what you said is spot on people die from cancer people die from horrible diseases and again, depression is the exact same. And what people get caught up in, because it's not a physical ailment, they don't see it as being an ailment. So the fact that, the thing I always say, if your leg is hurting you, you'll go to a doctor. If there's something wrong with your head, why not go see someone? I mean, your head controls your whole body. No, yeah, that's it. Like, if you break a bone or if you're ill, you go to the doctor. It's no different to having 
having depression, to be honest, if you if you don't feel good, just go and talk to someone, go to your doctor, and they might put you in the right direction or go to counsellor or talk to someone because like the one thing I'm after taking from it, like I suppose at the time I thought I'd be doing everyone a favour, but Jesus, the way I look at it now if thankfully it didn't happen and but if it did and like the like my mother and father would have been they would never have been right. My family would have never been right. My friends would never have been right. Like, and I thought I was doing all in my favour, but by God, it's totally different. It is, and that's it's something I spoke about to to my mother only recently. I turn, I'm getting old now. I'm like you. I'm thirty in two <laughs> weeks, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I said, said to my mother and I said, um, "Ma'am, what did you think I'd be doing when I was thirty? And she said a few things, and she said, "What did you think you'd be doing?" And I said, "I didn't think I'd be alive, ma'am." And she said, well, I'm G- Jesus, I'm glad you are, she said. Oh, that's it, like, 100%. Like, at the time, I suppose, my father was battling cancer at the time as well, and thankfully he got the all clear there fucking few few months later in, in 15 and in 14, and it was great that he did as well, like, do you know, but, like, he was kind of saying, I remember one evening inside the kitchen, he just turned around and said, I'm fighting to stay alive, and you're trying this, Morris, he said. And that really hit home, like, you know. It's uh, it's, it's not something... It's not something you imagine a parent would say to you. No, 100%. 100%. It's not, like, and... It's not, and uh, I suppose... I'd be wicked close to all my family and my dad and my mother, and, like, like any, like any son or daughter would be to their parents, like, I know different, but... I suppose my father would have brought me everywhere as a small little child, hurling everywhere, every Saturday, Sunday, all over the country, up to tape, up to Cork, to Blitz and everything. Like, and to hear that coming from him, it, it really hit home with me. And thankfully, I'm I'm still here, and he's still here, and we're all good at the moment. Anyway. That's 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 what we want to hear. And I suppose one thing coming from it, uh, I suppose from your own your own personal experience. If a positive, I know it, it's not a great thing to talk about in terms of what happened, and we hope that people don't have to go through uh, that they get help. But a positive from yourself is the effect of that you're having with talk and the effect of coming on a show like this and giving a platform, and that the the club people can hear it. Because what I'm noticing lately is intercounty stars are wrapped up, right? Everyone has a PA. You're not allowed to talk to players and so on. And Marty Marcy referenced it in an article recently that. It's easier to get in contact with a politician than a GEA player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's great. Yeah, it's it's great to get an insight like this because this, like, you can read an article because I I'm, I read an article last night, one of your articles from the Irish Examiner, and uh, we spoke. You done an interview with Kevin Casey as well, and I was just going yeah. over. It. But you can't like I've seen you all my life. Like I've played against you the whole way up underage, and I played against your senior level and. Like, I have a fair idea of who Morris Shanahan is in terms of the hurler, but the actual person behind that. And I think that's what's really important here is for anyone listening. And if anyone is struggling while listening to this, you know, it doesn't need to be a counsellor. It doesn't need to be a GP. It could just be anyone. Just, you know, if even if they wanted to, to message me on Instagram or if they reached out to yourself, anyone at all, because the first step is just once you admit that there's something going on, and it doesn't have to be categorically that you're suicidal. It can just be one small thing. And if you can get in good habits, getting exercise and eating right, getting out with your friends, socializing, 
you know, anything at all. And I think that's the big positive from this, that you're having that knock-on effect for people, Morris. No, 100%. That's it, like, it's, like, at the end of the day, like, any lad that plays hurling or your time is going to come that way, you know, like, you can't play hurling forever. <laughs> well, Dan has tried to. Oh, he is. <laughs> it's, going, it's going well too far. It is, because uh, I can tell you, if I was playing fullback, regardless of what age he is, and I see someone his size coming in on top of me, because he's in better shape now than he ever was. No, that's it. Like, if you look at Dan now, you'd be saying the shape he's in is unreal, but unfortunately, at 45, the legs just can't go as fast <laughs> as they could a, a few years ago. But like that, he came on in a challenge game the other day for us. For 10 minutes, he got one one, so he still he still has something to offer us. Anyway. <laughs> it's a uh, what what's that like being able to because my my brother would have stopped playing hurling for a couple of years and he went into the refereeing and it's special because we we won a junior when I played my first adult year in 2009 2010. I was just I was in sixth year and uh, he was playing and we got to play with each other for two or three years and then I went on playing senior and he stopped playing but. It's it's brilliant to play with a family member, isn't it? A hundred percent. That's what clubs are about. Like you know, you get to play with your brothers and you get to play with your cousins and your best friends. And like when I started out with Liz Moore, I started playing senior in 07, I think, and I had two brothers, Dan and James, on the team. And like when I was eleven or twelve, I never, <coughs> I never kind of thought I'd, I'd get to play with them. You never think that far ahead, like, you know. And was it's an honour for me to play with the two with Dan and James and I suppose with Warford I got to play with Dan with Warford as well and it was great for our family it was great for my mother and father you know because like like I said earlier they done everything for us they, they provided everything for us to get where we got with Warford and it would have been a proud day for my, my father and mother to see the two of us play together you know and that's what I dreamed about as a young kid playing with Dan and all them fellas and even with Liz Moore, dreamed about playing with, with Liz Moore and dreamed about winning counties. That's not happening at the moment, but we won't, we won't stop trying anymore. Well, that's the, no, we, we can't stop trying, unfortunately. No. Uh, Bally Gunner have been very dominant the last number of years. We, we've received, uh, I suppose, look, I don't mind saying a few Baitons in county finals in, in the last four years. Um, but it is, it's magical. I remember Sean Canan, the, the, the great rock, the legend from Passage, he got a chance. He was still playing and he actually managed to play with all three sons. The last one just came into adult. So he played with Gary Dale and Sean in a junior match. Yeah, it's, it's unreal, you know. It's, that's what it's about. Like, you know, and I suppose like, like we said there, Bally Gunnar, are, they're dom- dominant, but they're dominant for a reason because they're putting in the work at underage and their club is just phenomenal. You know, and the players they have is it's, it's, it's crazy but it's crazy because they're doing it they're putting in the work and that's where like like Darrell Sullivan always says he thinks it's good for war for hurling and it is good for war for hurling it might be good that Belly Gunnar are winning eight in a row for other clubs but it's up to us to get to that standard and it was Jesus to watch Belly Gunnar win a club or Ireland I was delighted for him you know unfortunately for my own club mate James O'Connor you'd be heartbroken for him the way it went as well because he's a Lismore man but I wouldn't begrudge Bally Gunnar winning that all Ireland at all because they deserved it I hope I hope you're not expecting me to comment on that now 
No, I, I, I leave you <laughs> off in this one. I tell you, I, I went in and I done a preview of Ballygunner uh, with Fergal Hartley, uh, the club chairman, and also Andy Maloney. And uh, it was strange because I, I actually have family from Ballyhale originally. And my yeah. nanny, my nanny's an actually O'Sullivan from Ballygunner. So Paddy and Philip and Kevin and them be a distant cousin of mine. And I went in as a passage man and you're sitting there and you're previewing <laughs> Ballygunner and Ballyhale. And like, it, it was a strange final because the boat arm were only like separated by 40 kilometers, but they're obviously in two different provinces. And uh, I was sitting up, I was sitting up in Crow Park and Fergal Hartley came over to me after the match. And of course, Fergal was emotional and he was jumping around the place and uh, he was hugging kind of everyone. And I was sitting a little bit away from him and he came over and he didn't realize and he gave me a big hug and he was jumping. And then he looked at me and he went, oh, Jesus, sorry. I said, Fergal, I'm not going to say happened by just enjoy it. And uh, even a couple of people, obviously, I know a lot of the Ballygunner lads, but uh, some of them were, were having a bit of fun. They were there saying, am I lost up in Crow Park? Where's my Ballygunner jersey? And even my own, <laughs> my, my own club mates have said it to me recently. Actually, you're probably going out to Jack's for your dinner now or you're going into, into Ballygunner to train. But um, no, I wouldn't be grudging her either. I, t- like, I, I admire him so much. Um, no, 100%. Like, you look at their team, Stephen O'Keefe, Barry Coughlin, Phil O'Manny, Shane O'Sullivan. Paddy Manny, Peter Hogan, them Paddy players. Levy. Yeah, Paddy Levy. Or Paddy Levy, yeah. Like, Shane Sullivan, Phil O'Manny, Stephen O'Keefe, Barry Cochran, they're all gone from inter-county now, but Jesus, it must be a dream come true to win a club already. Especially for Shane, given, I suppose, the last number of years, especially the, the death of his father, who was so prominent in Ballygunner. Yeah, um, 100%. Uh, Pat of course <coughs> so much work for Ballygunner and as Shane done an article recently saying like you know um, there is other things outside the GEA and I suppose for him now I'm not, say, I'm not saying he's retired on this podcast but I think Shane doesn't have anything left to prove really no 100% but Jesus I follow Shane on Instagram there and that but the way he looks after himself is just unbelievable I think that's the key and to it yeah no that's it the way he trains the way he looks after his body and the, the, his mindset I say just love to live inside and inside it for, for an hour or two <laughs> to be honest with you because I say it's just crazy but in a good way Shane is Shane Sullivan doesn't know about he going or nothing hopefully hopefully he might retire I don't think he will to be honest with you I don't think he will because like, like they said they won one club all Ireland their goal will be to win another I wonder, I wonder is there any chance they'll all retire because they won the club all Ireland be great wouldn't they but uh, <laughs> their, inter- their intermediate team are getting stronger too that's the problem don't even go there uh, Nicky, the what? brother the brother does be refereeing intermediate down here and last year they were playing their first game Paddy Cook was on goal um, Harley Barnes was midfield Wayne Hutchison was full back Speedy was in the corner it was uh, Jake Foley was in the other corner, of course, he broke into the senior scene. Harry Ruddle was playing. It was just crazy. That's the thing. That's the, that, that, that's the thing, you know. And they're winning, they're winning underage titles at the moment for fun. And they're, they're going to get stronger. Like, but it's up to other clubs. Like, just saying that thing, Mount Sinai ran them to a point last year. So They did. I think that was the big chance, you know, um, for, Mount, yeah. for someone to top it. And look, regardless in any sport, right, we've seen this. And if you think back to Dublin in recent years, Brian Fenton only lost his first ever championship match um, a couple of years ago at Dublin, which is a crazy stat. But another one is, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, he's a sub-keeper with Ballygunner, 
um, Mark, um, and someone said to him recently, "Have you? When's the last time you lost the game?" Right, and this is between the juvenile, obviously before he came into yeah, adults, because yeah. he would have played intermediate and junior A. He didn't lose a game underage for something like seven or eight years. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to be honest with you. Like, I suppose if you look at from Barry's age and Paul's age up, I'd say they could count on one hand how many games they lost. Like, uh, will it? Will I mention oh. the one in twenty thirteen? No. Oh, geez, uh, I have nothing to do with that now. I have nothing to do with that. No, if anyone says that, I'll say Morris said off air. He said, don't forget to mention 2013. Jesus, no way. I I say, that's, the last, that's the last game they lost. Like. I know, yeah. My brother says it. We created a monster. Well, that's, a, that's what you done. You made him angry. I tell you, if that if, if they if they let us win another one, I'll, I'll no problem with him another eight. I'll, I'll well, take another one. No problem at all. Um, on that, I suppose looking at the Waterford Championship, and you know we've we've had a very very serious discussion the last the last number of minutes, and we want to bring it to a kind of lighter note. And how are you at the moment, Mars? How's things with you? Yeah, I'm flying. Yeah, I'm absolutely flying at the moment. Now, like I say, I, I'm training away with Liz Moore, and I'm in the gym two or three nights a week, and I have a little daughter Rosie. She's um she was one day or two weeks ago, so. She's keeping me on my toes as well. What's what's that like? That must be proud. It must make you proud. Yes, it was the best. It was the best day ever, to be honest with you. I suppose there the thirteenth of March. There last year, you know, it was it was unbelievable. To be honest with you, for for that for her to come into our little world, myself and Katie's, it will um will be the best day in my life, anyhow, so far. And I can tell you, when, when when she's growing up and while she's growing up, you know, she's going to hear about daddy playing hurling. And of course, she will hear eventually about what you went through and stuff like that. And I tell you, she'll definitely be one proud child when she grows up with her father. No, that's it. And that's it. And hopefully, um, hopefully everyone go well for her. Like, that's all you want now is everyone to, it doesn't matter. Once, once Rosie's happy, I'm happy. That kind of age, you know, and. She's just um one one happy little girl at the moment. She took her first two steps yesterday, so the excitement inside the house is crazy. By any chance, when she was taking her first and second step, did you put a hurley in her hand? Well, the hurley was in her hand after about three weeks <laughs> after she was born. To be honest, but um, I know. Look, if she plays Camogie with Liz Moore, it'd be great. If she doesn't, it, it it won't bother me. To be honest, that's it. Like it's it's all like you said. Once she's happy, that's the main thing. No, that's it. Yeah. And what's what's the the goal? I suppose we talked about Bally Gunner. We talked about you're in the league at the moment. What's the goal for Liz Moore this year? Yeah, look, I suppose I could sit here and say, "Oh, the goal is to win a county title," but you have to be a bit real, realistic as well. And if you take Bally Gunner out of the out of the club championship and had the other eleven teams in it, it'd be any team could beat anyone on any given day. I think, like De La Salle, Mount Side, Passage. Abbey Side, Dungavon, Liz Moore, Row Moore, Four Mile, Tallow. Anyone could beat anyone, you know. And like it's a it's a good championship. It's a very good championship. And our goal is we have Row Moore first in the in the championship. We haven't beaten Row Moore with the last three or four years. They've got one over on us every year. We played, so our goal is to win that game. And we're not thinking 
any further than that game, to be honest with you. We just think about Rome more and treat that the way it is because I think we own one, but we won't get it too easy off them. No team gets it easy off Rome more and they're a great club and they got to the county final last year, but hopefully we can train hard and keep our heads down and see where the road takes us. I think, I think every team is going to have to go with the same attitude because you, you just have to take it game by game given the dominance from Ballygunner. Uh, there's no point, like you said, even Passage or, or Mount Sion or any club saying, right, we're going to win the title this year. It's literally get as far as you call it can go and take it game by game. No, that's it. Like You can't be thinking about trying to beat Ballygunner because you might not even get the chance to beat Ballygunner, you know, the way this championship is. Right? <clears throat> any day, like... Fuel you lose more to Sal, lose more Mount Sion, passes Mount Sion. They're 50-50 games. Like. Mm. That's the way I look. other people might see them different. It's always on form as well. But on any day, anything can beat anyone in this championship. Except for, from the exception of Bally Gunnar at the moment. But the day is going to come. Maybe they're going to get turned over too. It is like that's what you said. Mount Sion came very close last year. No, that's it. Like every team, like every team thinks the way they think and every club puts in their goals at the start of the year and their aims at the start of the year and like I said our aim is to to see how we get on against Rome or after that we have done Hill but in our eyes we have one game at the moment and that's Rome or it's, uh, it's interesting you said earlier on that um, you listened to the, the Shawnee Barry podcast I don't know if you can remember but you took a free from about nearly 100 yards of far field against us in senior championship to level it. Um, you were facing down towards the, the river goal. You were taking a yep. free. And uh, I, I was told, I was on the field and I was told to go over and try an eye and uh, try put you off. And uh, I was shouting at you. I wasn't shouting at bad now. I was just shouting. No, yeah, yeah. I was just shouting strange things. I was actually, I think I brought up EastEnders or Coronation Street. <laughs> and uh, you you put the ball over the bar and you just turned around. And you said, not today, kid. And I was just like, <laughs> geez, I'm out there trying everything I can there to put him off. And like, it, wa- it wasn't just it limped over. You it could have gone another 100 yards. Like you, you lettered it over the bar. And I remember us coming down to Karen, our goalkeeper, Eddie Lynch. We would always went to games together. And Eddie was saying, um, geez, you know, we got away lightly there and stuff like that. And I was there going, Eddie, I tried everything to try put him off and it did not work. And Eddie goes, that's what you get when you're dealing with different class. <laughs> ah, yeah, look, some days they go or some days they don't. But I suppose, I said that, that day I said, I said there's more of 13, 14 points down at time, if I'm correct. I, did, I didn't want to mention that, but sound for that, yeah, yeah. Well, and even, <laughs> even that day, I was um I was suffering with the flu going into the game and they said ah, at half time. Yeah, yeah, make it worse. Yeah. They, they said at half time they'll take me off. And I said, give it ten minutes. I, I, I wish think, I wish they fucking did, to be honest. I think we, we got two fast goals and we kind of got a small bit of momentum going and what what led after that was just a freak, to be honest with you, because I think he went was, 11, 11 points on unanswered for to us. We did, yeah. Like if we won by four, we would have topped the group. And like winning by four and a half time, it wasn't. It was fucking. It was just to keep the scoreboard ticking to win the second half. Really, that's the way we looked at. It. I think we we definitely won by four in the end. I think, but I remember turning to Paulie and I said, "Keep keep going now." When when we were a point up, and Paulie said, "What's wrong with you? We're after coming back from thirteen. I said, "If we win by four here, I said we top the group." Yeah, 
<laughs> so that that got us going again, you know. It was a. Uh, I, I love a comeback story in hurling. Not when I'm on the field and being the opposition. Oh, yeah. though. <laughs> I can yeah. I can tell you that for sure. Um, well, we've look, been we've been in that position too, but. <laughs> um, look, Morris, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I, I was you know I was talking to different people saying I was going to have you on the show and I had it on the the social media accounts and I was getting people coming back to me, you know, saying when's the Morris interview? When's the Morris interview? Yeah, yeah. I was really really dying to listen to it. And actually have a great interview with Brian O'Halloran coming up as well next week. Um, but I must say, I really want to thank you for your time, your openness over the last number of years, what you've done for people that suffer with depression and, and just in general. Um, in terms of the last 10 years, it's been an absolute pleasure watching you with Liz Moore. Like you said, you were instrumental when Liz Moore about passage in that comeback from 14 points. I hope, I hope we're not in the same situation <laughs> in the next couple of years. Um but I wish you all the best with Liz Moore. I wish you all the best with Katie and with Rosie. Um, Dan, tell Dan to keep ticking over in the gym, you know. Like you said, his, his legs are gone, but I would have said his legs went a long time ago. No, that's it, yeah. I suppose anyone listening to this now, I suppose, with the, with the kind of, with the boys on Sunday, they're going to be listening on Monday, you know, it's going to be over. So, but just hopefully the boys can get off to win and start and, See where the road takes them, and hopefully, hopefully, we can they can do something special. And I won't build them up too much because I know what it's like. And just one game at a time. You heard um, Prunty after the league final. Just, just kind of be patient, and hopefully, the boys can do it. That's it. Fingers crossed, and we wish Liam Cal and all the panel the best to look for for tomorrow. Like you said, this will go out Monday, so the game will be over, and hopefully, we'll be all uh, after enjoying it. What's going to be a brilliant weekend of hurling, Galway, Wexford, of course, and we have Limerick and Cork as well. Morris, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I hope you keep well. And thanks for talking to us. No matter, Simon. So, man, but wherever you're listening whether it be Ballyduff or Ballygunner Passage or Portlaw Dungarvan or Dunhill tune in to I Love My Club by the podcast that brings you closer to Camogie and Hurling in the Waterford club scene don't forget Hurling is our passion